How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Take talk with you anywhere. On your computer or smartphone, log on to Talk1370.com. A beautiful, beautiful site. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Today, we are going to Monday morning quarterback four different videos. That's right. We're going to talk about uh, video number one. It's going to be from Dallas, Texas. It's of a, an LTC holder who, pulled, who was pulled over by the Dallas County Sheriff's deputy. And as an LTC holder, that is... You know, that you're, you're carrying a handgun, you know, my question for you is, do you have to step out of your vehicle if the officer asks you to? Uh, well, we're going to talk about that video. We're going to play that for you. And then video number two is from Greenville, Texas. Uh, it's of two bounty hunters and a fugitive that were killed in a gun battle at a car dealership. Uh, 20 rounds were fired. Six seconds. 20 rounds were fired in six seconds. Just think about that. And uh, we're going to play that video and scenes show the investigators trying to keep the uh, suspect's gun away from him. And then video number three is going to be from Houston, Texas. It's a road rage incident that turns into a car theft. So we're going to talk about that and break that one down. And then the last video is one from Brazil. It's an armed robbery. Guy walks into a convenience store and unbeknownst to him, there were some undercover or plainclothes off-duty police officers inside that were armed. And so he obviously walked into the wrong grocery store. So we're going to break all those down. We also have inside the studio, I got Ralph over here, who's an LTC instructor, an NRA instructor, and also a private security instructor. Uh, he's going to help us break these down and talk about what is the Texas law as it pertains to these different incidents. Also, we're, we have Ace uh, who is also an LTC instructor, NRA instructor, former military police, and private security instructor. And he's going to help us as well break these videos down. On the phone, we have Todd. He, Todd is with the International, he's a international director of training, and he is with GoTo Firearm Safety Incorporated. And they're out of Georgia, the peach state. So we're going to talk with Todd. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and bring Todd into the conversation. Todd, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Thanks for uh, inviting me on the show. Absolutely. So you're the International Director of Training for GoTo Firearm Safety Incorporated. 
Right. GoToFirearmSafety.com is our website. The listing site has over 40,200 uh, listings on it, but uh, we also do training and uh, classroom training and live fire training over the uh, bunch of years now. All right. And, and the uh, state of Georgia, they actually just implemented concealed carry on campus. So they're they're coming online with the state of Texas. You know, before, you know, you had Florida and Georgia, you know, were like leading the pack. You know, Florida stepped out there. They got their handgun license and they just led the pack and led the way when it comes to the Second Amendment. And then Georgia stepped into the play and they say, hold on. You know, we're just as pro Second Amendment as anyone else. And we're not going to let Florida outdo us. So then, you know, and then, you know, Texas stepped into the play there as well. And so now, you know, Texas is kind of trying to lead the way, but we're like 26. So we're, you know, we're down there on the bottom of the list, we're, but we're trying to keep up with everyone else. Uh, but tell us, uh, what is the Georgia version of concealed carry on campus? Well, starting uh, starting July 1st, um, the first one didn't pass uh, a while back just because they left a comma out of it. So that was one of the big stipulations. So they had to go back and redo it again. And then uh, then I guess they, they have a list of uh, different places you can carry and not carry. Um, it's, it's so detailed. That's the problem. Um, you know, there's going to be a few things that you're going to have to work out. And I think uh, Mr. Kilgo is going to be on the show and it would be great to answer those because you can carry it in one area, but you can't carry it in another area. So there's still a whole, whole, whole lot of details that they put in there to get it passed. Right. And uh, and Mr. Kilgore is actually my attorney that's in Georgia. He's the attorney that actually uh, helped my parents, represented my parents in their shooting incident. So, yeah, we're going to get him on the show next Sunday, as a matter of fact, to talk about that incident and also a little bit more about some Georgia laws. All right. So, um. So, so Todd, uh, what are you guys doing to prepare for a concealed carry on campus? Um, first thing we're doing is we're providing a, uh, to go to firearm safety, we're providing a, a dry fire course with the safety rules. So we're really getting to the colleges and getting the kids trained up safe first. Um, so they understand how to manipulate the weapon and all the laws about it, encouraging them all to come and we're probably going to have mr kilgo be part of the training so we can educate them in the law so they're doing everything correct so once we make them safe once we learn uh they learn how to manipulate the weapon system with our training guns um and then we can take them to the next step is take them to the uh to the range and make sure they're safe with the, the firearm um also we're doing a active shooter training we actually have a couple a uh, couple we're going to do in texas here coming up in august oh really and, what, what uh, part of know, what, yeah what part of texas are you going to be in um, I think it's above Dallas there, um, a couple colleges that uh, we haven't signed this thing yet uh, with them, but uh, they have the student groups that are very, very interested in being proactive and doing the active shooter training prior to something happens. They've had like two or three in that area not too long ago, and uh, we got a call from um, uh, Dr. Hill out there at one of the colleges, and I've known him for you know, 15, 20 years, and we've been talking about it from time to time. But he's very proactive, former military. He's one of the deans there. And uh, we've talked about our training, and it's so detailed, a little bit different than what, you know, just a basic uh, basic run, fight, hide kind of uh, thing. We, we basically call it uh, it's PPT gear, it's person protection training, and the gear stands for guard, evacuate, avoid, and then resist. So we go into, into detail on each one of those. And so, again, make them aware, you know, again, we, we tell them in all this training, we, we, you don't want to do any of this stuff. So we can be a hundred times more aware of our surroundings, make everybody else around to the, uh, aware of their surroundings, 
that's really our goal here. Um, so they don't have to do any of this. But if they have to do this, they're going to understand what to do, and they're going to be training, actually physically training, doing each one of these drills, um, you know, to work as a team, to help each other out. Um, we even have a medical part of it. Uh, if you saw last night in London, so many people that wasn't shot, they ran over and stabbed. So there was a lot of wounded people, um, and a lot of people couldn't take care of themselves. And that's one of the things we do with our or medical uh, training. They have their, their own go bag. They have their own stuff with them. We do it with every college student we send off after our training. So and we teach them how to use from the tourniquet to the chest seal, all these things to help save their lives. So those are some of the basic things that we're doing. But really, training is the only way to defend yourself. Training is the only defense. Yeah, you're right. Because it's, it's hard. It's really hard to teach someone and give them that mindset of when something is happening to just stop for a second and think. Okay, and then react or just react, you know, do something. They'll just don't stand there in awe. And a lot of people, whenever something's happening, they just they freeze and they're just like, well, what do I do? What's happening? I'm processing. I'm trying. They don't know what to do. You know, they don't react at all. Uh, it's um, it's actually because it, 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 we we've had like a, so many different things happen, like at the at the gun range about two weeks ago, we had a guy. Uh, we're on the seven-yard line, and we're firing, qualifying him for the LTC, and all of a sudden, he just passes out. He just goes out, uh, starts falling down. He has a gun in his hand. We grab the gun. We put the gun down the stool, then grab him and pick him up and walk him back, you know, the line, and we continue to fire. You know, the line did not stop firing. Everyone kept going. The instructor kept moving, um, and we just walked him back to the back, called 911, got the paramedics there, and then he calls us back two days ago. And he tells us, you know, just so you know, um, I actually had a brain aneurysm, you know, so, wow. you know, just just that fast acting and what we did. We actually saved his life a little bit because he was going to getting his vehicle and just say, you know, just give me a few minutes. Uh, he was going to just get in his vehicle and drive off. And I was like, no, you can't go anywhere. We're going to call 911 and get the paramedics here to check you out um, and make sure you're OK. And so because of that, you know, we actually did. I think we saved his life. Yeah, because uh, he was just going to drive home, and he probably could have died on the way going home. But no, you 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 really have to. And we've had so many different things like that happen. But what I want to do is, um, I want to have you chime in on a video here. And there's a little thing that happened in 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 Dallas, Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you heard about this one or not. I'm probably catching you off guard, but it happened in Dallas, Texas. And it was an LTC holder uh, that was pulled over by a Dallas County Sheriff deputy. And as an LTC holder that is carrying a handgun, my question for everyone that's listening, do you have to step out of your vehicle if the officer asks you to? You know, so I want you to listen to this video. Uh, well, listen to the, the audio here of actually what happened in Dallas County. I'm Debbie Smith from Dallas County Sheriff's Department. The reason I'm pulling you over is because your license plate line is out. Do you have your driver's license? Be sure to give him your um your um CHL. You have the weapon in your vehicle? No, yes? Correct. Yeah. That's what I gave it to Where 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 is the the weapon at? Wait, wait. 
Do me a favor and step out here with me. I, I haven't committed any crimes. I'm man. asking you to do that while you got a weapon on you. But you had the CHL, so he's authorized I'm to carry it concealed. You, you don't have to raise your voice, but you don't have to I'm raise your voice. Because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Well, I already answered you, man. I haven't committed I'm any crimes. I'm asking you to step out of the vehicle while Why? you have a weapon on you. I can take the weapon it's off of you. my safety. In your safety. I gave you that for your safety. I understand why you gave me this. You're required by law to give me this. It's not for my safety. I'm asking you to step out of the vehicle for my safety. And then what? After I step out, then what? You're going to stand back here until I'm finished. Until you finish doing what? Taking my light? Um, before I, oh, I check your license, while I write my citation. Well, just check the license, I'm check the gonna, license. I'm gonna, I, I got a two-year-old son back here. Okay. It's for his safety. I'm going to stay right here. No, sir. You're going to step to the back of the vehicle. I haven't done anything that requires me to step out of this car. Okay. You're going to check my, my license. That's all you need and to do right now. you're going to step right to the back while I do it. Hey, can y'all get in the car and come up here to, we are at, um... We are across from Zoe's, um, Zoe's kitchen. Can you get the light on my face? We are at, across from Zoe's kitchen, the um, the uh, Dallas County um, sheriff pulled us over because they said I, the um, the light bulb. Can you, can you, we're right across from Zoe's kitchen, right up the street. Um, the police officers bring, bring, bring up everything with you and come up here. We're at the, I can't see my glasses. Right at the tollway. Right before you we're right at the tollway the before you get on the tollway across from, from uh, uh, Zoe's kitchen. Can you hurry up and come up here and call, uh, Archie McCall? Please. They pulled us over for, for, uh, saying our license plate out is out. <laughs> Hello? Saying, saying that, I don't know what's wrong with your phone. But they saying that we need that he needs to get out the car. You know, he hasn't even checked the license and the ran no insurance, no nothing. Just said he need to get out the car and go to the back and that's what we're not finna do. We don't have to do it. So can you come on up here please? Uh, okay. Alright, thank you. Tell him I got a CHL. Say that. You got to say he have a CHL. You you do have to say that. Don't get out. We'll wait for your backup, bro. Ain't nobody going to argue with you. You you definitely have to say that. Don't act like somebody's pulled a weapon. Her call call um Let your, just let your window back now. Pull me over is one thing, but stepping out and arresting me, I need to have a warrant or have committed a crime. Not at all. Are you going to send someone like I asked? Let, 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 right. let what they say? He's not sending nobody. I need you to step out of the vehicle now. For, for what reason? Excuse, let the why, why am I stepping out? I've already told you why. You but why? But I haven't committed no crimes, man. Step out of the vehicle. What crime? Sit back, sit back. Sit, your license plate. Q, sit back. Sit back. And it says what? I don't care what it says. I'm asking Can you to step out of the vehicle. That's what I'm asking you to do. For, well, did he commit a crime? Yeah, the crime is he doesn't uh -huh. have a license plate light. That's the crime. That's, that's not a, a that's not a it's a violation, it's, it's not a crime. It's a ticket. Can you can you what? It's a crime. It's not even a misdemeanor. Let me see. It is. Let me see the phone. Step out let, let me see the phone. Physical, and I'm not finna play that, man. My son back here. Get out of the vehicle. Hello? No, don't let hey, yes. Hold on. No, don't let the hold on. Stop, stop. Let it down. Get let out the, out the window. Vehicle. Hello? Bro. Please don't. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Just stop. Get yes. out of the vehicle. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait,
Sit out the vehicle. Come on, step out the vehicle. Wait, hold, okay, come wait, wait, hold Put on. the phone down, it's fixing the brake. Step out the vehicle, I'm asking you nicely. Okay. Step out of the vehicle. Let me move my stuff. Let's go, come on. You, step you out break? the vehicle. I, I, can come you on. All right, so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to break this down with uh, my instructors here and also the instructor on the telephone here uh, because the first thing you should do is tell your wife to shut the hell up. That's the very first thing you need to do. We need to stop talking about race and all this other crap. I'm going to break this down. We're going to talk about the law and what you need to do in the state of Texas, and you need to know what the law is before you carry a gun. Don't be an idiot. Get yourself killed or get your family killed on the side of the road. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Doug Man Jones. And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Check in and stay up to date all day long. In the car, on my way to work, heading home. Listening online keeps you in touch while you work at talk1370.com. Get it right now. Talk 1370. Anywhere I need. The right choice. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this video in Dallas, Texas, with the LTC holder that was pulled over by a Dallas County Sheriff Deputy. All right, so let's go around the room. Okay, so uh, let me start with Aubrey. Uh, Ralph. What's your take on that? Yeah, that that was different. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just kind of stunned. I'm, I'm curious as to what kind of training he received in his class because I know in the class I teach, in the class you teach, and the classes I've taken, we, we give very good, very clear instructions on what to do if you do have a law enforcement encounter. And, you know, he obviously did not hear anywhere in his training that the police do have the absolute right to disarm you if they so choose. And, you know, that's just a situation that could have been completely avoided had he complied with the officer's requests. And then, and let's talk about what the Texas Penal Code actually says. It actually says it's 411.207, the authority of peace officers to disarm. It actually says a peace officer who is acting in the lawful discharge of the officer's official duties may disarm a license holder at any time the officer reasonably believes it is necessary for the protection of the license holder, officer, or another individual. And the peace officer shall return the handgun to the license holder before discharging the license holder from the scene if the officer determines that the license holder is not a threat to the officer the license holder, or another individual, and if the license holder has not violated any provision of this subchapter or committed any other violation that results in the arrest of the license holder. So you're, you're stopped by law enforcement, you get pulled over, officer, officer asks you for your, uh, your identification, and you're carrying a handgun under Texas law, yes, you have to show that officer your, your license to carry a handgun. Now, there's no punishment for not showing him your LTC. That punishment was removed back in September 1st, 2009. Okay, so there's no more punishment for it. But yes, you still have to show an officer your LTC if you're carrying a handgun. 
Um, the officer asks you to step out of your vehicle, step to the rear of the vehicle so they can write you your citation or do whatever, then yes, you have to do that. He's asking you to do that for his safety, your safety, and plus the way you're asking, you're answering those questions right there. Right there, your wife is talking. There's a bunch going back and forth. No, no, no. All that stuff has got to stop. It's just a simple ticket. You're going to fight that case in court, not on the side of the road. Not on the side of the road. That's not the place for that. So you sit there, you get the ticket, and then you get an attorney and you fight that case in court and say, hey, you know what? My light, my light is not out or whatever the issue is. That is a place to, to fight something like that. Not on the side of the road. Your wife needs to sit there and shut up. Sit plain and simple. Because in a situation like that, you could have he could have gotten himself shot by fighting with a police officer trying to get it. You know, they're pulling him out of the vehicle. He could have got uh, his wife shot, the kids shot in the back seat. These are things that we see on the side of the road. Stop that mess. That needs to stop immediately. Ace, what's your take? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, his wife definitely uh, needed to sit there with her mouth shut. Um, definitely tell who wears the pants in that family. <laughs> um, you know, she basically instructed him step by step make sure you say this make sure you do this um and she probably didn't sit in class one not one no, no one's class at all uh facebook attorney and 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 the thing the reason i'm showing this video is because i i sit and i'm watching so many different comments on facebook about you know what a person should do or should not do and it's all this all this all the crap and people are just getting it wrong you know the bottom line is you know, take a class Go sit in someone's class and learn what the freaking laws are. Don't learn this crap from some idiot on Facebook or some other idiot that's been sitting in jail somewhere. These people are going to get you shot or get your family killed. Janai, what's your take on it? Um, well, gosh, it's beyond ridiculous. But as a mother, she should. my first reaction was there's a two-year-old child in the back seat. That kid, instead of going through a normal traffic stop is now probably somewhat traumatized, not for life, but was probably crying in the back seat watching his parents being t- ripped out of a car because they would not comply with a police officer. If, if they didn't break the law, I have no problem getting out of the vehicle. And do they not realize that day in and day out, police officers are shot on the job and he needs to protect himself and those around? It's, it's a normal request and yet they made it over the top and now they've got legal fees that i couldn't even fathom because of their stupidity (laughs) and and once again someone's on facebook again right now telling people no that's not the law it is the law it's look it up penal code section 411.207 it says authority of a peace officer to disarm look it up stop telling people this crap you're gonna get people killed around here Listen to this craziness. All right. So definitely do that for me. All right. So uh, let me go to. Um, Zach, what's your take on it? Uh, he's supposed to know the law. He should know what he has to do and that he has to comply with the officer. I'm thinking that whoever issued his permit to him whoever gave him that course needs a little audit ah for sure and let me go to our our instructor in georgia you know what's your take on this i don't know what the georgia law is but uh over in georgia the peach state you know what's your take on something like this in in the state of georgia well i get the honor to work with the swat like 
twice a week for the last three years and just learning from them and doing the law shield training classes with uh, Mr. Kilgo. The number one thing you got to de-escalate the situation. Don't don't make it worse. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you got nothing to worry about. De-escalate the situation. Comply, and that's one of the first things they always say. Hey, if you don't want to fight with a police officer, just comply. I mean, you didn't do nothing wrong. Comply. De-escalate the situation. Put it back in their hands, and uh, all the situation be fine. Like you said, uh, you know, use Mike's advice 100%. Fight in court. You didn't do nothing wrong. Then why are you making this such a big uh, a big deal? That's going to cause and if you're supposed to be protecting your family you're actually doing the opposite to by the way by the way they were acting and you turn a simple traffic violation into a five hundred thousand dollar bail is what it did a simple transit a, a simple class c misdemeanor is now a five thousand dollar bill now what are you doing now you're locked up in jail you're probably going to lose your job because you're locked up you know for several days because you can't afford the bill was it worth it? Was it really worth it? Fight it in court. Go ahead, Aubrey. Yeah, I'd just like to say, one: if you're stopped, a traffic stop in Texas is an arrest. You're arrested for whatever moving violation. So at that point, comply. All you're going to do if you resist is add charges. This guy went from a simple traffic code, classy misdemeanor, to at a minimum, uh, felony resisting arrest charge. And who knows what else they were able to you know, add to his charges. You're not going to win on the side of the road ever. Take it to court, comply, sign the ticket, go on your way, set yourself a date to fight it. If he had done things differently, he might have just a warning right now instead <laughs> instead of half a million dollar bail. And, and, and honestly, uh, go look it up. 411207 we teach this in class, every LTC class in the state of Texas. The instructor is supposed to inform you that when you're pulled over by law enforcement, you're a licensed to carry holder and you have a handgun on you. If an officer wants you wants to hold on to that firearm while they conduct that stop, they can do that. If you're carrying that gun on you while you're in that vehicle, that officer can ask you to step out of that vehicle, put your hands on that vehicle and they can remove that handgun from you. If you have it on you in the vehicle, that's the process. Unfortunately, when you're an LTC holder, you're held to a much higher standard. And yes, it is a great thing to be an LTC holder. Yes, you are. LTC holders are the most law-abiding people that we have here in the state of Texas. But when I see videos like this, you're not making us look good. You're not doing us any favors at all. And, and this is not about licking boots or anything like that. I'm the first one. If the officer would have done something wrong, I'm telling you, I'm the first one to let you know he'd have done something wrong. I don't care. I don't care if you're a police officer. I don't care if you're a judge. I don't care who you are. If you did something wrong, I'm calling you out. And that's the bottom line. All right. So let me go back to my, my caller. This it really frustrates me. Uh, go back to uh, my caller in Georgia. Now, I want to go back to talking about uh, the state of Georgia and how you guys are getting ready for campus carry. And what are some of the details that you are, you know, like, what is the actual training? Because a lot of people are kind of confused. Here in, in Texas, at the University of Texas, we had a stabbing, and it was total chaos um, when that happened. And the alerts, you know, people were complaining about how fast alerts went out and all that good kind of stuff. You know, it's really not about law enforcement coming to save you. It's about you protecting yourself uh, and having the tools that you need to protect yourself and doing, you know, whatever you need to do to save yourself. Because... Law enforcement, when they respond, 
they're going to be looking for the shooter. They're not looking for who's injured or anything like that. They're going in and they're looking for that shooter. They're going to stop that threat. Once that threat has stopped, then they're going to start rendering first aid. So, you know, kind of break down to us, you know, some of the things that you guys are doing in Georgia to prepare for this. Perfect, Mike. Um, you know, on the guard part, which is the first part, which is the prevention, the situational awareness, we, we start by teaching them Cooper's color code. A lot of people know about it, but a lot of, a lot of the kids and teenagers that are going to college now, it's like, you know, they don't understand what it is to be prepared. So we go through white, you know, you're totally unprepared to take any action. You're just oblivious. And that's usually because of the cell phone. They're staring at the cell phone or the computer or doing something like that. Yellow is prepared, alert, relaxed, you know, good situation awareness. You know, you're not sitting with your back to the door. You're making good decisions. You know, you're 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 looking up every once in a while, even if you're on the, uh, on the phone. You're if you're on the phone, you have to be on the phone. You back up against a wall, um, so that you can you know use your surroundings and still see your surroundings. You know, orange. You know, your probable danger. You're ready to take action at that point. Red action mode is happening. You know, you're ready. It, it, it's on now, basically. And then the worst one is black because you're in panic. That means you didn't do nothing. The old one is everybody says, well, I froze when it happened. So once we explain these to them and give them some idea that you're in yellow and teach them how to be in yellow and, and run through some drills and have some uh, uh, make-believe gunshots and things and get them up out of their seats and make them exit at the right place, um, you know, if they have to evacuate, talk to them about it. Um, but, you know, a lot of people say, just, just, you know, just get under your desk. Um, when you got to, uh, you know, evacuate. And I had a guy that was, uh, we were on the seventh floors, 99 steps to the bottom. He had a glass office and a glass desk, and he's 400 pounds. He said, I can't get under my desk. He said, I'll never be able to get back out of that thing. But, again, we teach them, here's plan two. So once we, once we go through and do an evaluation of the whole facility, we can give them a better plan, where to go, what to do, how to barricade themselves, um, you know, how to – how to fight at the end, how to make our teams, and who, who's going to be in, uh, in charge of medical. So, again, it, it's not a one-time training, and that's what I'm so impressed by the colleges there in Texas, that the students are asking for this now. It isn't, it isn't the, the college itself. They're, of course, supporting it 1,000% because they see, the, the, they see the impact that they can make if the students are asking for it. So these are the things that we're going to put in place um, so that they can act instead of react to the situation, exactly what you've been saying, Mike. All right, and um, we have uh, inside the studio, we have um, you know, two LC, LTC instructors that here in, in Texas. And let me go to uh, Ace um, and ask Ace, you know, what's your thoughts on, you know, how we should prepare, you know, ourselves um, whenever there's a shooting or an incident, incident like that? Because uh, the, one of the videos we're going to talk about, the next one, as a matter of fact, is in Greenville, Texas, at the car dealership. You know, for those civilians that were around there, man, that was just complete craziness and I, I i think it does play into what he was saying you know people are living in the white uh, so ace what's your thought no yeah uh definitely people live in the white every day you you walk down the street everyone's face is buried in their in their mobile device uh you know social media more concerned about what is on facebook than what is around uh, them happening right now um and it just it blows my mind every time i see these videos how people are just standing around watching videotaping if there's an incident you need to get your loved ones. If you're by yourself, you need to leave the area because you never know what, how that situation is going to escalate. And in this one, 20 rounds in six seconds, uh, they are very, very lucky that no innocent bystanders uh, were injured. Uh, but again, you need to prepare yourself and, and know what your surroundings are and, and be, where, be ready to leave if, if a situation should arise. All right. And then uh, Ralph? Yeah, the 
to build on what he just said there, it's at the car dealership, all of the employees knew that these guys were there to pick up a guy on a federal uh, fugitive warrant. So why would you hang around nearby? <laughs> yeah, my, my, you know, that whole, that whole condition yellow, be aware of your surroundings. And if your surroundings have people with guns that are there to pick up a dangerous felon, uh, Ralph here is going to be someplace else. <laughs> All right. So we come back from the break. We're going to talk about, uh, that the video in Greenville, Texas, but I do want to remind people, you know, as far as the LTC holder, um, I'm telling you guys, take a class, Texas Law Shield. They do these seminars at U.S. Law Shield, Texas Law Shield. They conduct seminars all over the country. And right here in Texas is called Texas Law Shield. Come to one of the seminars. When we have these seminars at, you know, at my shop, Central Texas Gunworks, we have older people that are always there packing the place. You know, all I see is salt and pepper sitting in the audience. That's all I see. I never see people that are 20 and 30 years old. I don't know what it is about the younger generation spending their time on Facebook and want to tell other people, you know, what the laws are. And they never read a freaking book in their life. Sit down and learn what the laws are so you know how to conduct yourself. You know how to keep yourself out of trouble. You know how to keep your family out of trouble. And don't put yourself in certain situations. You are in control of your own destiny. It is up to you to learn what the law is so you, you're not following that trail and going down the wrong track. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talking Radio with Michael Cargill. If every talk radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7 on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show. You've made the right choice. Talk 1370. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so let's talk about video number two from Greenville, Texas, uh, of two bounty hunters and a fugitive that were killed in a gun battle at a car dealership. And keep in mind, uh, 20 rounds were fired in six seconds. And that's a lot of rounds and a lot of ammunition in six seconds. Um, and... but. Everyone was killed. Uh, the two bounty hunters end up getting themselves killed along at, with the suspect. You know, so and some people are saying and, I, and we're going to Monday morning quarterback this one because some people are saying, well, they didn't do anything wrong. Well, if you get yourself killed, you definitely did something wrong. That's just me personally. Um, but we're going to uh, take a listen to this. And this is going to be Greenville, Texas. How did they find out? He got his... Get down, hold on. Oh my gosh. Where is he? Screaming at the 
What's going on? Greenland, I'm a one. What's going on? Greenville 911, what's the address of the emergency? Yes, in Greenville, at the Mesa dealership, there's been shooting. I'm hiding in the bathroom. Please hurry. Someone is shooting in the bathroom? No, someone's shooting in the building. I'm in the bathroom. Okay, Give me room. Please hurry. Okay. Please hurry. Can you still hear shots? Not at the moment, but I hear a woman screaming. Hang on with me, don't hang up, okay? Please hurry. Okay, hang on just a second. I'm going to put you on hold, but don't hang up, okay? I'm going to get an answer. All right, so that's the shooting in Greenville, Texas, of two bounty hunters that were going into a car dealership in Greenville to arrest a fugitive. So let me go to um, Aubrey first and, and talk about what is the what's the procedure in the state of Texas if you want to be a bounty hunter? All right, in Texas, um, the only people that can execute a surety warrant or pick up somebody who is not shown up in court, skip their bail is a peace officer, a private investigator, or a security officer that's licensed by the state of Texas and working for a licensed company. Uh, I'm not going to say all, but every bail bondsman I know is a private investigator. Uh, they typically do their own skip traces if someone doesn't show up in court. If they do need to get outside help, most of the Bondsmen I know will actually use off-duty law enforcement for that. If uh, Now, there obviously are some security companies that specialize in, in doing this kind of work. It, it is typically not dangerous work, but if they're asking for armed individuals to help pick up a skip, then there's generally a reason for it. It's because the guy or the, the person is known to fight. And... Anytime you've got someone that's known to fight, known to resist, I think the individual that they were going to uh, take back into custody was wanted for a, a number of charges, including assault on a peace officer, uh, I believe in Minnesota. Seems that they could have maybe gotten him someplace where it wasn't quite so crowded, where there weren't quite so many innocent bystanders standing by. I know. I, th I thought that was kind of odd uh, to do that in the car dealership. You know, where you, you know, you have a, a lot of civilians that are just standing around, you know, doing their business and stuff like that. And and from what the reports are, are saying is they, you know, portrayed themselves as federal agents. So, you know, I, I'd read that as well. And then a couple other stories I've read on it since then, they're kind of backing away from that a little bit. I did read a statement from the owner of the company that they work for that stated that he did not think that they would do that and that. Most of the time the, that the two individuals that were working for him, the two investigators working for him, whenever they would do a, do a fugitive recovery, uh, typically wore body cameras. So we'll see if anything else comes back out out of that you know, after, after a little more of this unwinds. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, as soon as I heard about the story, um, heard that the uh, individuals were from uh, Corpus Christi, I uh, jumped onto the DPS website, jumped on the tops, uh, looked up their names uh, to verify that they were indeed uh, licensed through the Texas Department of Public Safety's Private Security Bureau, um, found both of them. Um, one was a, a commissioned security officer uh, whose license expired June of, of 1st of this year. So at the time of the incident, he was uh, uh, a a licensed commission security officer. The other one is the owner of the, of, of the security company. Um, he was also a licensed commission security officer. Um, his private investigators, uh, he didn't have a private investigator's license. Uh, however, he was also the qualified manager uh, for that security company. Um, so, you know, according to the Occupations Code 1702, uh, the qualified manager can also uh, execute a surety warrant um so he was the only legal one of the two um in order for that commission security officer to have been legal he had to be in uniform with the word security um name of his company his last name on the outermost garment and his gun in plain sight um and that was not the case he was in plain clothes and he was wearing a concealed you know a weapon uh did he have an ltc don't know um but again he was not legal to uh, take part in, in in that fugitive recovery. So, and see that's that's something that a lot of people are not talking about. Sure. They're not talking about what the policy is in in, in the state of Texas because the state of Texas is very picky about certain things and certain procedures. Uh, so I want you to say that one more time. Run that down one more time so people can really process that. Okay. So, uh, in order for that uh, commission security officer to have been legal to um, assist in that fugitive recovery. As a commission security officer, he had to be in uniform with the word security, the name of his company, the uh, last name on the outermost garment, his weapon in plain sight. Um, and again, he was in plain clothes with a concealed weapon. And so why was the manager the only one qualified to uh, actually? Um, according to the Occupations Code, uh, the people who are authorized to execute a surety warrant is going to be a peace officer, an individual licensed as a private investigator or the manager, or a licensed investigator uh, company. A commission security officer employed by a licensed guard company. So those are the people who are uh, legally authorized to execute that type of warrant. Um, so, again, with uh, one of the gentlemen being the qualified manager of the company, uh, he was the only legal one that was uh, that was there that day. Okay. And then let me ask Janai. Janai, you know, from a, a, you know, a, a lady and a civilian standpoint, you know, you're sitting in the car dealership. You're there to – you know, to buy a car, purchase or something like that. Um, you know, what are your thoughts of them conducting something like that in the dealership? Um, well, first, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I hear one of you say that they notified the business owner prior to or they spoke to someone? Right. Yes. Okay. As a business owner, I would have asked a ton of questions and I would have probably said, no, you're not going to do that in my business because What's going to end up happening is I'm going to have a whole lot of problems and possibly have my employees and customers injured for one person. So there's way too much damage that can occur in this situation. I would have said, we need to figure out a way to do this where maybe someone calls this person outside or some other plan because this does not sound right. And unless I hear from a superior other than you... It's not happening in my store, and I'm going to call the police. That's what I would have done as a business owner. And see, I'm glad you said that because 
I've actually had a couple different situations where I've had the um, either the ATF or the FBI wanted to arrest someone inside the gun store. And my thing was no. You know, exactly. I, I cooperate with them fully. Sure. You know, as a uh, an FFL dealer. But no, I don't I don't allow that to happen inside the store because I, exactly what you said. I got to think about my employees. I got to think about my customers that are there um, and a lot of other different things. So, yeah, I choose not to you know, have that take, you know, take place inside the gun. Yeah, store. I'll be happy to assist and, and help this happen. But it's not going to be at the expense of many others. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. Uh, let me go to our our our, our caller, uh, Todd. Uh, so, Todd, what's your take on that? I know this is not in it's not in Georgia, but I I, I don't know if you've seen the video or not. Oh yes, sir, I saw the video. <clears throat> First thing that came to mind is you know continuous training. Well, if you, if you've been to training a couple of times, even if you're a so-called professional or a police officer or firearms instructor, you know we're, the, the the real pros are always going to training and and. You know, I'm sorry these people lost their life. That's the first thing I like to say, and their families. But you know, the the idea of continuous training, their tactics weren't very, very good at all. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah, so you need to clear that whole place, get everybody out of that place, and then have them come to you. I mean, th- that whole thing couldn't have gone any worse, really, with all those spectators and or, uh, you know civilians there. But the thing I noticed too was. When we do our training and we do the law shield class, um, especially we, we focus on what comes first in time. Everything's about time. And if you listen to the caller that did call 911, the lady that was so panicked, what about 20, I think it was about 22 seconds went by. I was trying to clock it when I was listening to her. And she didn't really, she was out of breath. She was screaming. She was doing everything. But in that, in that law shield training and in our training and these other experts on the phone know better than me. Man, they, they, you know, we give you a specific order that you go through so you can disseminate that information fast and effective because if, if it was 22 seconds, that's a lot of long time that you could be saving some lives. So, um, you know, and why was she still there? You know, if you could get out, get all the way out of that place. But, you know, so getting the proper training, you know, going through the correct steps when you do call 911 is, is imperative to survive something like this. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Skip, you, Skip Davis, you got a lot to say on, online there and i know you're an attorney so uh please give us a call our call in number is 512-643-5483 that's 512-643-5483 so definitely come uh call on in you know because i hate when people uh go back and forth on facebook i'd like to talk to you on the phone so we can um definitely see what your thoughts about what we're saying and so um the next video that we're going to break down it's going to be the one in Houston, Texas, the road rage incident. And that one was pretty funny, I thought. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what happened leading up to uh, these two individuals coming in contact with each other. But one car strikes another vehicle on a, on a, a road in, in Houston. And one individual gets out of their, their vehicle, approaches a, the vehicle that they hit. They get into some kind of altercation. There's a fight, whatever. This guy comes along from the side somewhere and jumps in the, the vehicle that's in back, the one that did the rear ending, jumped in that vehicle and drives off with and steals it. So uh, that's, uh, that's why we tell people always stay in your vehicle. Something happens, stay inside your vehicle, call 911, um, you know, that getting out of your vehicle, leaving the door open and all that stuff, your car running and all that stuff. You got to be you got to use some situation awareness, uh, stay in your vehicle. That's the best thing to do. And, and get into a fight. You know, police roll up to that scene. They see you guys fighting, going back and forth. 
everyone's going to jail. Everyone's going to go to jail. The police officer's not going to sit there and, and, and sort all that crap out. He's going to say, you know what, let's let the judge sort it out. So you're going to go to jail. There's no reason for you to get out of your vehicle and get into an altercation with someone, especially a physical altercation. Stay in your vehicle, windows up, doors locked. Contact the police. Let the police handle that if you can't, if you're not um, capable of handling that yourself as an adult. Um, but we're going to watch, we're going to take a look at that video. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and, uh, okay. All right. So, yeah, we'll do that one after the break because we'll have to show that one on the on the uh, little iPad here. So we'll do that just after our break. But um, let me ask uh, Todd from the International Director of Training for Go-To Firearm Safety Incorporated out of Georgia there. Uh, Todd, how can people find your organization? And also, um, when are you going to be in, in Texas again? Yeah, I'm going to be out there in a couple months. Uh, we're trying to work out something with you now to do uh, some guest instructor stuff and to uh, work together in the community. But uh you know, they can go to our websites, go to firearmsafety.com, uh, G-O, the number two, uh, firearmsafety.com. So they can go there and see all the listings and all the different uh, benefits we have to our company. Okay. Yeah, because I definitely want people to, you know, get an opportunity to learn things from other instructors, other companies. You definitely got to venture out um, and just don't go to one particular company, one particular instructor. Uh, you got to get some different experiences out there, and that's going to help, you know, everything in that you know, that whole bag there and, and, and build your, your readiness. And, and it's muscle memory. Right? Someone said it earlier. It's definitely uh, about muscle memory whenever something happens. Because when it happens, it happens really quick. And nine times out of ten, in about 10 to 15 seconds, the whole incident is going to be over. It's going to be completely over in 15 seconds, 20 seconds max. Completely over and done. Just that quick. So if you don't have muscle memory, if you're not prepared, you don't have that proficiency, you don't go to the gun range and practice um, and practice different scenarios and, and have that that will to survive, then you're going to get eaten alive. I promise you that. All right. So um, let me uh, go back to Aubrey. Uh, I don't know. I, I call you like three different names over here. <laughs> it's all right. I'll answer to all of them. <laughs> I I call, yeah, I call you like three different names. Um, so. What's your uh, in about thirty seconds? You know, what's your take on um, uh, the one in uh, the rest of the stuff that happened in in, in the, uh, Greenville there? Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot that could have been done differently, and uh, you know what Janai was saying as a business owner, you know, he he had the option of telling him to leave. Uh, private security officers are not anything other than private citizens in the state of Texas. They have no special powers or authority, no extra powers and authority. And if the business owner had said, no, you're not going to do this here, uh, you know, they'd have had no choice but to leave. All right. All right. So and we're talking about we're talking about a lot of different uh, videos that are online and circling around the globe here that are going back and forth on Facebook. We're dissecting those. We're Monday Money quarterbacking here today. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30 and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30 and 5.30. We make you smarter, hopefully, and it'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. You can't always get what you want. If you want us to listen to what you got to say, you got to give me, give me a call. 
<laughs> That's right. Give me a call so I can hear what you have and we will break it down for you. Let me tell you. All right. So we're talking about now. Next one we're going to watch is video number three out of Houston, Texas. Uh, the road rage that turns into car theft. Um, it was a road rage unlike any other. A fight between two female drivers broke out earlier this week. A man can be seen running towards a vehicle that rear-ended an SUV and jumping in the driver's seat and driving off. So uh, just take a look at this video. If you're, if you're on your, your computer, whatever, take a look at it there. If you're on Facebook Live right now, just go ahead and take a look at it. We're going to bring it close to the camera. And what happens is uh, one vehicle um, rear-ends another vehicle. The lady in the the vehicle that did the rear end gets out of her vehicle, goes up and starts fighting with uh, the the driver that she hit. And then this guy just runs up to her car and jumps in and drives off and steals it. So that's like instant karma. Definitely should stay in your vehicle. Stop getting out of your vehicle. I don't know why people want to gather vehicles and, and, you know, and start like some type of confrontation. And this is probably some type of setup. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, this lady was actually set up. And, and and that actually does happen. Okay. And so that actually does happen. So um, uh, what, what's your take on that, Aubrey? Uh, yeah, stay in your vehicle. And if you're at fault, uh, you're the one that did the rear ending, whether they stop short or not. There's there's no reason to get out and commit an assault. There's no reason to get out of your vehicle and, and start throwing punches. Uh, that could have ended poorly if the woman in the vehicle in front had a license to carry it could have ended even more poorly than it did not that it didn't end poorly to have her vehicle stolen but it looked to me from what i saw in that video like she was trying to pull her out of the vehicle and you know do her harm all right and so let, let's go to the phone lines uh caller you're on uh, with come and talk what you got for us hey i got a quick question um so i'm planning I, i've been a uh chl holder for four years and Always trying to do the right thing, but next next weekend I have I have a I'm going to go to a protest, and uh, just wondering if that's a good thing if that's a good thing to do for uh, LTC holders, um, especially if the other side is known to be violent. You're talking about Houston. Talking about um, the state capitol next Saturday, the anti-Sharia protest. <clears throat> Okay. Um, go ahead, Aubrey. I'll let you go. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, that that threw me off guard. I I missed that completely. I thought it was. I thought you were talking about the uh, Houston, the Sam Houston statue protest with Antifa and the This Is Texas group that were going to be counter protesting them. Uh, yeah. You know, I I don't have a problem in the world with someone going someplace if they're going to carry a firearm to defend themselves. Um, you know, it's just. If you're going someplace looking for a fight, you might want to leave it at home or just not go to begin with. But if you're going just to, you know, just to be a presence on the other side of a other other side of an issue, no, I, I I don't see an issue at all. If you know, you're you're acting like an adult. And 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 I always carry, you know, no matter what, I go to a lot of different protests, demonstrations, or whatever. And so I definitely, you know, and I actually get into the crowd and and talk to people and stuff like that. And I'm always carrying. I always carry two guns on me at all times. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, if I if it was something I'm going to go to, then I, hey, I'm going to go. Uh, if something happens, you know, you definitely got to use your head. 
Uh, if you should leave, then maybe you should leave when things start getting bad. You know, it's time to go. It's time to go. So you might want to definitely think about that. Uh, but, you know, I always attend all these little events and stuff like that. And at the Capitol, I doubt very seriously anything's going to happen at the Capitol because uh, the Texas State, uh, <laughs> the state police, uh, they don't play that at the Texas State Capitol. So the likelihood of anything happening, getting out of control is not going to happen at Texas State Capitol and Capitol grounds. Um, but, you know, I, I would never not carry because uh, I have to travel from that event to my vehicle. Uh, so I'm always definitely going to, you know, going to carry my firearm with me. And so you just have to if you have doubts about doing that, then maybe you shouldn't do it. You know, so you definitely have to dig deep and figure out that's something that you want to do, because keep in mind, if you do pull that gun out and you do get into some type of confrontation, you're going to go to jail and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of you pulling that firearm out. All right. Well, thanks, guys. No, not a problem at all. All right. All right. So um, so this uh, this video we just watched with the uh, the um, in Houston. Yeah. What's your take on that ace? (laughs) Because I thought it was kind of funny. I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I guess you never. Uh, I thought I'd seen it all, and then, <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to see what happened leading up to that. Was it just a simple uh, rear end, or was there an incident prior to that stoplight uh, between the two, know, where I, she intentionally maybe hit that car and then got out and assaulted, you know, the other driver? Um, but yeah, I. And I, I like to I like to see her face when she walked back to realize her car was gone. <laughs> That's the part I like to see. You know, she walked back and her car, her car is gone. She's like, uh, "What just happened?" And then what happened? According to the uh, the news reports in that area, was, when they did their checks, they found out that no one reported the car stolen. <laughs> so the car wasn't even reported stolen at first. So. It, so that's actually pretty funny. Just too busy fighting. <laughs> yeah, just letting it get to you. It, it's instant karma. Just let it go. Sometimes you got to let certain things go. Uh, just let it go. Um, you know, just leave. You know, if someone's doing something in front of you, they're 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 brake checking you. Maybe you just want to stop, pull over on the side of the road, and let them go. I, I do that. I've done that probably like two or three times in Austin. You know, something has happened in front of me. A person got you know really irritated with something that I was doing on the road because I'm a terrible driver, by the way. I can get to a lot of car accidents, by the way, <laughs> and so <laughs> that are usually my fault. Um, and so it, it, they do something that, you know, I, I make them mad about. You know, I'll stop. I'll stop, pull over on the side of the road and just let them go because it's really not worth getting to that confrontation with. You know, plus my license plate, they tell you exactly who I am. <laughs> so I got to behave myself. Plus, I have two cameras in my vehicle. I have two cameras that record audio and visual. Uh, so, you know. So you just, you know, and then you also need to keep in mind that on the roads here in Austin, I don't know if you realize this or not, especially in Austin, there are over a thousand cameras downtown that are watching you and that are recording, you know, what you do. So you might want to think about it as well, uh, especially if you're traveling in the downtown area, any, any, especially on the interstate in the Austin city limits. There are cameras along the interstate that are watching that. So you definitely, you know, if your intentions are bad, it's only a matter of time for that stuff definitely catch, catches up with you. All right, so uh, what's your take on that, uh, Todd, with with the uh, go-to firearm safety? Yeah, Mike, um, in our biggest – I learned a good lesson years ago. We did pre-deployment training for DOD for about 15 years and did a lot of training with some retired SEALs. And uh, I always imagine uh, one of those guys getting out of the car when I uh, – you know, somebody pulled in front of me. So you never know who was in that other car. So <laughs> I just wave now and say goodbye and sorry. It's my fault and just – to stay in my car or drive off because you just never know who's in that other car and all of a sudden you got a retired navy seal jumps out that you did and maybe you made the wrong decision so <laughs> you know that's 
probably probably not a good thing to get into because you never know who that other person is. So, so. translation, there could be someone bigger and badder than you are in that vehicle yeah. in front. Yeah. yeah. So train, train, train. If you're not doing the hand-to-hand stuff that we specialize in, you know, and that's the other side of it, too. If you're going to get out of your car, you better win. I mean, or, you know, you don't want to be getting out there getting your butt kicked, so. Yeah, and then sometimes, you know, sometimes we we need a good butt kicking, you know. So yeah, that would be a good situation where it just teach you to stay in your car and be a good law abiding citizen and just uh, just do the right thing for once. <laughs> All right. So the last video we're going to take a look at is from Brazil. Uh, an armed robber pulls a gun in a convenience store. This guy walks into the convenience store with a like a motorcycle helmet on. You can go ahead and play that. And then, you know, he unbeknownst to him, they're actually several plain clothes. Off-duty, well, they were off-duty. I don't know if they were playing clothes, but definitely off-duty, right? Off-duty police officers. Off-duty police officers inside the store, you know, waiting to finish their transaction. And so if you haven't had a chance to take a look at that, you know, definitely go online. We're, we're, you're showing it right now on, on the Facebook Live picture. Uh, but take a look at that video because it's a very interesting video. It's got a lot of attention around the country. So this guy walks in. He wants to rob the place. He pulls out his gun. He's wearing a motorcycle helmet. And everybody inside the store except the clerk pulls out a gun and starts shooting this guy. <laughs> Stopping him right there in his tracks. Uh, so, and, and and that's what happens when you, if you carry, you train, and, and that's how it's executed. Just like that. Uh, so, um, let me go to uh, Ace. You know, what's, what's your take on that one? Bad luck. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the uh, last mistake he'll ever make. But, uh, you know, seeing the officers uh, stay calm, uh, you immediately you see, you know, one one hand goes up, but the other one goes for for their weapon. Um, one turns and walks away as he's drawing his weapon, using his, his back or his body um, for for that cover so that guy cannot see him draw his weapon. Um, I think that uh, this was executed perfectly. Uh in my opinion, couldn't have gone any smoother for those uh, for those law enforcement uh, for the good guys. All right, now let me ask you something. Let's get a little little difficult here. So let's go back to the first video, the the one with the Dallas County Sheriff's deputy uh, that pulled over the LTC holder. Now, what about when the um, the wife was being pulled out of the vehicle? What are your thoughts about that? So the officer is asking her to step out of the vehicle, and she's saying, uh, "No, uh, hold on, let me let me get my stuff." You know, what about that? And then also, what about the fact that when he was standing there in the beginning of the video, the officer uh, was asking for his asking him to step out of the vehicle and she got on the phone. She started calling someone to come to the scene. And when I heard that, I immediately thought, what are you calling someone to the scene to jump on me? You know, (laughs) and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in the officer's shoes at that point, you know, and people don't think about that. They don't think about some of the things they say. Yeah, and, uh, and if you uh, hear her, she says, hey, can you come over here and bring everything? Well, what does that mean? What is everything? You know, is this So like, bring all the guns? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, the professional sent everyone, like, bring, bring everything. Bring everything! Yeah, uh, so I was just like, yeah, I, if I was a peace officer and I heard that, I would definitely be concerned in who was coming and, and, to and me, what were they bringing. Honestly, to me, I thought they were nice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me, because I would have snatched her out of that vehicle <laughs> Real quick, and I say step out of the vehicle. She just step out, and she's like, "Well, what about my uh, wait? My stuff, my stuff. You're reaching for a gun, as far as I'm concerned." Yeah, and if I if I remember correctly, you know, the officer uh, had the door open, had uh, 
his hands on one of her arms. Um, her phone was in the other, and he told her, you know, put the phone down. It's about to break. I'm asking you nicely. Yeah, um, I thought it was really nice. You know, yeah. So he, he gave her multiple chances, um, I, I think, uh, as a cop. And, you know, uh, he had some, some very good training. He it, was able to see his, uh, her hands, so he, he knew that she wasn't reaching for anything or, or was a threat at that time. Um, he gave her plenty of, of opportunities to put her property down so it wasn't damaged. Um, so I, I, kudos to those uh, law enforcement officers for uh, keeping a cool head and, and uh, reverting to their to their good trading. Yeah, man. and then let's uh, and, and honestly, I, I tell you, you know, I'm the first one that really would would jump on uh, and say, hey, this officer did something wrong. You know, he should have done that. And I definitely think that bail is way too high. Under no circumstance should this guy have a five hundred a half a million dollar bill. I mean, that is crazy. That's that's ridiculous. They're making an example out of him, and that video is actually going to be used against him in court. You know, which is sad. So I definitely hope he has a good attorney. Um, yeah, you know, going back to that bell, five hundred thousand dollars. It just, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I don't know what all the charges he's he's looking at, but uh, you know, was it the uh, the Eighth Amendment says that no excessive bail or uh, cruel and unusual punishment will be imposed? And that's uh, def- that definitely cruel. That's you, cruel. Yeah. So excessive bail. I mean, there there are people for uh, a lot worse crimes in jail who get a lot less uh, a bond i mean we're talking so. seriously when it all boils down to it it really is uh, about a light on the on the license plate that was out it's not that serious so and everyone's you know this is really blown out of proportion on both sides i think well, when it comes to that like 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 i've said if you ever find yourself um being detained or being under arrest, the best thing you can do is just be arrested. Nobody is ever uh, – really, no, no, nobody wins on the side of the road. No. The only people that win on the side of the road are the guys in uniforms. And um, I think Ace looked it up. It's a $33 ticket. <laughs> a $33 ticket that got turned into a resisting arrest felony, possibly a UCW since he was carrying while resisting arrest. I mean they, they stack the charges for the bail to go that high. Mm. And now you're looking at losing your 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 license for oh, seven years. He's he's lost the license. That, <laughs> that's gone. I'm sure the state's already drafting a letter to get it back. Wow. Okay. All right. And then let's look at the uh, let's go back to the road rage one in Houston, Texas. Let me ask you this. Um, so the lady that got her car stolen, would she be justified in using force or deadly force? Force, but not deadly force. Correct, because that is theft, theft. in the daytime. Theft in the daytime. Okay. All right. All right. So um, now, what about the uh, the lady in the vehicle in front that, who uh, was rear-ended? Now, what about her? Uh, would she be justified in using force or daily force? If the other woman tried to get her out of her vehicle, right? Yeah. So oh, that she- that's called what is that called? What's it called? It's called it's called Texas Castle Doctrine. Yep. Yes, that's right. So if anyone t- attempts to enter your your occupied habitation, your vehicle, or remove you from your vehicle, your occupied habitation, or your place of business, you're justified in using force or daily force to stop them. So if you're in your vehicle, someone tries to pull you out of your vehicle, you're justified to use force or daily force to stop them. So, yeah, that's the Texas Castle Doctrine. So just so you know. So uh, people, you, you need to really sit down, come take a Texas Law Shield or U.S. Law Shield a seminar or a course or whatever and definitely listen there are a lot of great attorneys that and and officers that actually present this material and there's a lot of information there you learn a lot i learn a lot every time i sit and listen to this stuff i learn i actually learn when i teach my classes but i really learn from these seminars and so it's you know it's definitely you, you definitely need to sit down and, and listen to this stuff 
Uh, but go ahead, Todd. I know you got something to say there. Yeah, the um, I've been to Matt's like uh, Mr. Kilgo's like 17 times in the last year. And again, I learned something every single time, especially a lot of people ask questions during it that I've never thought of. And I can always add to my program. But going back to that first video with the family, that's when we do our training with the active shooter or home invasion or whatever it is, there's family training that we do. And we also train what the wife's supposed to do, what the kid's supposed to do, and everything else. So if you're doing the proper training in, in a professional course, that wife would have been saying the right thing. The, even if it was a kid, he would have been doing the right thing. If it was in that car dealership, everybody there would have been doing the right thing if they had proper training instead of it all went wrong in just about every situation. So we just encourage the whole family to get training. We even do it for children. doesn't mean they're going to be out shooting guns and stuff. Um, in that kind of situation, but they will go through the safety process of understanding about firearms and then doing a child class possibly. But, but you know, the, the, what to do when mom and dad are in trouble or what to do when the police officer comes up and don't be a hindrance to the whole situation like the wife ended up in. All right. And we're talking about uh, several different videos. We're talking about uh, Monday morning quarterbacking here. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Common Talk. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so get knocked down, you got to get back up again. All right, so we're talking about a lot of different videos that are going around the country, getting a lot of play, and we're trying to break those down. Uh, We hope we helped a little bit. Because uh, a lot of people were asking me, you know, what our thoughts were as far as the incident in Dallas County there with the LTC holder. Uh, a lot of people want to know, you know, what we thought about the Greenville incident and also, you know, the road rage incident for sure. Uh, so I hope we were able to give you a little insight. Um, a lot of people have questions about the Private Security Bureau and all that stuff and what do we need to do to become a security officer and, and to get into bounty hunting and stuff like that. Uh, so. At one time, there was level one, because you guys were just talking about that. You know, what, what was level one when they had it? Uh, level one was just a, an online class. Uh, anyone in, uh, associated with a security company, whether it be your, your receptionist or your accountant or whatever, um, locksmiths, uh, you know, stuff like that, had to take uh, you know, the level one online class. Okay, so they don't have that anymore. Now it's level two. And then go ahead and explain level two. First. So level two is just your uh, non-commissioned security officer. It's an unarmed officer in uniform uh, doing private security work, whether it's uh, you know sitting in a parking lot, um, hotel security, you know, uh, parking lot HUB, stuff like that. Okay, and then when you take that course, the level two course, how long is that certificate good for? Uh, the license is good for two years. The certificate? The certificate, I uh, believe it's 90 days as well, just okay. like the uh, level three certificate. And at the end, if you haven't gotten a company to take you on by that point, then uh, you'll have to take the course over again or 
what have you. Most of the time, those classes are generally taught at a uh, F-licensed training school or the manager or the manager's designee at a company can actually do that. A lot of people, a lot of companies actually prefer to send their new hires to a school because the manager of a security company has a lot of stuff going on, and typically their under-managers have a lot of stuff going on and taking four or five, six hours out of their day to you know, go through the Level 2 training. They just don't have the time for it. All right, so Level 2 is unarmed security officer. Uh, you wear a uniform. You don't carry a gun. Now, what's Level 3? Uh, level 3 is the security officer commissioned. Uh, that's the armed security officers that you'll see. Uh, that class is 40 hours, uh, broken down into law, you know, uh, use of force, uh, Chapter 9 of the Penal Code, defensive tactics, and firearms training. Um, included in that is uh, nonviolent conflict res- resolution and uh, communication skills. Okay. And then um, and how long is that certificate good for? Uh, the certificate, again, is good for 90 days. Okay. If you do not, if you take a level three class after you've done the 40 hour class, if you have not have a company that you're working for within 90 days, you will have to go back and requalify on the shooting portion of the class to get another 90 days. Okay. And then, um, so, and that's level three for an armed security officer. What about if I want to, uh, if I want to be a, I know, a bodyguard. Uh, level four, personal protection officer. That's a minimum 16-hour class in addition to already being a commissioned security officer. That class also covers defensive tactics and uh, evasion techniques and principal protection. You also need to get an MMPI, that's the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, and get a clear MMPI or a successful MMPI and turn that in with your paperwork to become a personal protection officer. What that allows you to do is work in plain clothes with a concealed handgun to protect a principal. All right. So can I take these courses and then, you know, not apply for the license? I just take them and, you know, just have them in my back pocket so I can a year later um, then go ahead and use it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I would never turn down any training. Uh, I mean, training is always good but um you would have to actually be with a security company in order to legally uh, execute those duties as a security officer at any level whether it be two three or four okay what age can i do this at 18 years old can i be a a, a security officer at 18 and carry a, a gun be level three absolutely wow but i can't buy the gun in the gun store though can't even buy the ammo <laughs> <laughs> so i have to get the gun as a private seller as a gift and then you know, become get your mom to buy the ammo for you. Wow. Okay. All right. And so, uh, uh, Todd, uh, with the uh, who's my international director of training uh, for Go To Firearm Safety Incorporated out of Georgia. Todd, once again, tell people how they can reach you. Yeah, we're uh, we're on the web. Um, Go to firearmsafety dot com. Again, it lists all the training events we're having. We've got about twenty or thirty on the uh, on the event, also uh, on the computer right now. Also, we have, uh, you know, look at, uh, look at the local uh, areas and gun shops. We usually have uh, training in a lot of those. We have a uh, 14,000 square foot state of the art facility here in uh, Marietta, Georgia that we use for a lot of the classroom training. We have several outdoor ranges that we use. Also, uh, internationally, I've done a lot of training in South Africa and things like that. Um, uh, security forces down there that are getting just uh, a lot of the, 
a lot of the farmers and organizations like that are just getting overwhelmed and taken and shot and everything else. We had several, several incidents down there. So we do a lot of uh, personal protection type training down there and just making them more aware of the situation and not putting them in, in harm's way. So, yeah, internationally we do a lot of stuff too. So it's a, it's a good company. We've got a lot of professionals. Most of them are all either SWAT, retired SWAT, retired military. Uh, a lot of our head instructors are former SEALs, uh, former SWAT. Um, myself, I've been doing it, you know, most, uh, you know, with the hand-to-hand stuff and everything else, 35 years. So it's uh, just a great bunch of people that uh, are great instructors. Also, um, they can teach teach beginners to to advanced students. So that's, that's basically a little bit about our company. All right, awesome. I want to thank you, Todd, for coming on the show. I want to thank Aubrey for coming on the show. I want to thank Ace for coming on the show. Janai, uh, Zach, always being on the show. And as always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk 1370. Let the tweeting begin. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. The right choice. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.